Okay, so we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 19th, 2008. October 19th, 2008. And we're going to be continuing our teaching on this Zeitgeist addendum new movie that's just been released. And this particular article is from G. Edward Griffith. He wrote The Creature of Jekyll Island, and that's not a horse story. It's a book about the creation of the Federal Reserve System um, going back to 1913, and he does a really impeccable job of, of laying that whole thing out. It's probably the first person I've ever I've ever seen that that have actually done that. And he wrote a um, a, a person wrote him about the Zeitgeist addendum, and and I'm going to read you what was written to him and then his response. And he's he's very polished in the way that he presents things uh, typically. So this is entitled a Zeitgeist addendum, a critical review. This was just released on October 13th. He said, this man's writing to Mr. Griffin. Hello, Mr. Griffin. I'm sure that you have heard of the popular movie on the internet, The Zeitgeist. And I have, it has three separate parts about Christianity being fake, the Federal Reserve being a conspiracy and bad, and that the government was involved in 9-11. Well, the sequel just came out, Zeitgeist Addendum, and it seems very dangerous. The movie screams controlled opposition, false solution propaganda more than anything I have ever seen. And when I first had heard about this movie, I got a very similar response from people. They were just saying that this is very dangerous. And then he says, the movie starts off <clears throat> with why the Federal Reserve is bad. It seems to latch on to the valid concerns that the freedom movement supporters have worried about. But its solution is really, really bad, and it's really sending a lot of people in the wrong direction. It goes on to say that that money is evil, all money is evil, and has caused every problem in the world. If only we abolished all money and private property, everything would be great. All resources should be collectively belong to humans, and in the world, intelligent management of resources and technology would allow everyone to be free. The world would turn into some utopia. All crime would go away, and greed and corruption would go away. We should be a one-world community. It even specifically says that voting for liberty candidates like... Ron Paul is the wrong thing to do. I guess we should give up all hope and let bad politicians do whatever they want to us. And again, all of these solutions by these New World Orders, none of that, none of their solutions would take Satan away with his demons and devils and fallen angels, which is the crux of, of the demonic and the evil infestation of our society, okay? Not to say that, that, you know, man is this innocent creature, okay? But the demons and the devils and Satan and these types of things, the Bible says we battle not against man, but against, not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness and powers and these types of things. This is really where a true battle is. The true evil lies therein. Okay, so then it goes on to say, uh, it is full of double-speak, wild assumptions, and crazy socialist propaganda. It also <clears throat> is put more on how religion is bad. Now, again, remember, the first zeitgeist, which we've done a, uh, a lengthy rebuttal of, the first zeitgeist um, really was kind of to soften you up for this one, the zeitgeist addenda. Okay, so if you embraced the half-truths in the first zeitgeist, then this is the next step, okay? Because Satan's always going to try to lead you further and further toward evil. And this is the next step in that progression. So that's something also bear in mind. Now, this is a reply from... Um, uh, then he goes on to end. He says, It puts in just enough truth that we believe in to trick people into following the wrong path. Now, there is a lot of truth 
even in the first zeitgeist, and and evidently in the second one as well. Okay, but again, you know, these are half truths, and and this is something we we need to be very wary of because the doctrine of the zeitgeist and the zeitgeist addendum has been leavened or corrupted. And the Bible says a little leaven, which is usually referred to as false doctrine or also sin, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Like if you put a little bit of yeast in the dough, it leavens through the whole dough and it and it and it affects the whole lump. Okay? It's the exact same scenario that we're dealing with here. So this is a reply from um, Edward Griffin. He says, Jonathan, <clears throat> I don't like to criticize anything that is helping to spread the truth about the Federal Reserve in 9-11, but I must agree with the substance of what you've said in this video. I watched it two nights ago and was deeply disturbed by its message. At first, I thought it would be best to just let it play itself out in expectation that most viewers would cross it off as wacky. What a word, wacky, you know? Anyway. However, the production value is high. The effects and sound score are compelling. And there is enough truth embedded in the beginning to capture the attention and possibility the trust of many within the freedom movement. Now, again, if they get your trust, then you're going to believe them. Okay? So here are the comments on a few items of my concern. Number one, the information about the Federal Reserve is, for the most part, right on target. However, I practically fell out of my chair when the program repeated that old silly argument about the Fed not creating enough money to cover the cost of the interest on the debt, and therefore the world must forever be in debt. I knew right there that the writer did not read The Creature from Jekyll Island, his book that he wrote. The reason being, he calls it The Creature from Jekyll Island, just so you understand. And again, it's not a horror movie, but it's about these bankers that actually met in, in Jekyll Island, Georgia. I believe it was around 1913. And this was the very foundation and formation of the Federal Reserve System, which is a privately controlled bank that issues currency that ultimately today there's no precious metals backing anything. No gold, no silver. The money's really not hardly worth the paper it's printed on other than our what we perceive it to be worth. So again, he gets into this whole concept uh, in his book. And, and you know, I would, I would recommend you read it if, if you're not familiar with this type of thing. Um... The writer did not read The Creature from Jekyll Island. If he did, he forgot my analysis of this common myth. For those who are interested in the topic, it is um, it is found on pages 191 and 192 of his book, The Creature to Jekyll Island. So, again, <clears throat> if you want to explore that further, you can do that. Now, again, this, this guy, as far as being an expert on this particular aspect, uh, the economic and the monetary system, particular portion. I, I don't know much higher of an expert than Geo Griffin. And that's kind of why I wanted to read this today because he is such an expert. Number two, the next jolt came when the program praised Civil War greenbacks, calling them debt-free. Actually, greenbacks were contrary to the U.S. Constitution and although they were not fiat money issued by the banks, meaning fiat money just basically money that really is, is the color of money. It doesn't really have true value. Okay? Although they were not fiat money issued by banks, they were fiat money issued by the government. So instead of these greenbacks, instead of being issued by like a private Federal Reserve system that we have today, they were issued by the government. That was better than paying interest on nothing to the bankers, but they still wiped out the purchasing power of the American money through massive inflation. They cannot correctly be called debt-free, either because they represent a debt on the shoulders of the government, 
which means, of course, on the shoulders of the taxpayers. It never ceases to amaze me how people think that the solution to money created out of nothing by those big bad bankers is to have money created out of nothing by those nice, trustworthy politicians. Yet that is what the program supports. Number three, there is a lengthy segment in which the author uh, of I Was an Economic Hitman, is that like, okay, so I was the author of an economic hitman, I was I was an economic hitman by John Perkins, sorry about that. Uh, there's a lengthy segment which tells the story of how propagandists in the U.S. manipulated public opinion to support military action against several Latin American countries. Then Perkins says that these propagandists scared Americans by telling them that the leaders of these countries were Marxists who were aligned with the Soviets. This, of course, is a half-truth that is just as dangerous as a total lie. That's a good point he makes. Why? Because a half-truth is leavened. And Satan specializes in operating through half-truths. Okay? Part of what Satan told Eve was true. Part of what he told her was a lie. Okay? So again, you've got to be very, very careful about this because Satan typically doesn't come to you with 100% lie. He's going to mix some truth in there that maybe you already know is truth so that it seems, so it's easier for you to accept the whole kit and caboodle. So if we go further, <clears throat> it is true about the propagandists and their strategy to scare the public into supporting military intervention in those countries. But it is false to portray those dictators as great humanitarians who cared for only the well-being of their people. They were aligned with the Soviet Union and they were left they were part of the Marxist Leninist strategy to dominate Latin America strategy that continues today to this day. There was plenty not to like on both sides of that struggle. But objective, and again, this is why I'm always emphasizing having balance. Whenever we're looking, biblical balance, when looking at history, having a balance, because it's so easy just to align yourself with one side of the argument, and therefore it blinds you to the very side that you're on. Like, I'm a good Republican, and there's all kind of evil going on in the Republican Party, you know, with Bush and Cheney and so much of this stuff, and you align yourself with that, and you start to think that the Republican side can do no wrong. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Okay, and it would hold true being, you know, a Democrat. It's they're they're two sides, unfortunately, of the same wicked coin that are being played against one another for our entertainment, essentially. So we can turn on and think that we're going to make a difference with this election, and our vote is going to matter and count for something, and it counts for nothing. The voting process is totally rigged in this country. It's been proven. HBO did a documentary on it. Um, if you look up Diebold on the internet, blackboxvoting.org, vote scam, I mean, there's so much evidence proving this. So again, you know, that's a whole other, whole other subject there. So again, there, were, there was plenty not to like on both sides of the struggle, but objective historians would never depict the Rhodesians, the CFR crowd, or the Council of Foreign Relations in the U.S. as bad guys, but depict the Soviet puppets as good guys. In this book, Perkins reveals the same slant. He exposes the foul tactics of the international corporations, the IMF, the World Bank, <clears throat> but he never mentions a leftist dictator such as Fidel Castro or Hugo Chavez without praising them. So again, this guy's got a totally hidden left agenda. Perkins is a collectivist aligned with the left, and that strongly influences his telling of the story. 
Yet the producers of the video make no mention of this bias and give him an inordinate inordinate amount of time to present his slanted view without even a challenge. So again, this is propaganda, the zeitgeist addendum. Number four, perhaps the biggest insult to our intelligence is the main theme of the program is that profits are the root of all problems today. That being the case, we must change mankind to reject profit, and we must work together on the same and other basis. It is never quite clear what that basis is, but whatever it is, it will be administered and directed by an elite group, at least in the beginning. Now again, what the solution is, is the Venus Project, which I already mentioned. That's their, that's their utopian solution. He goes on to say, I was stunned by the fact that this is pure Marxism. Marx theorized that people had to be re-educated in labor camps, if necessary, to cleanse their minds of the profit motive. He and his disciples, such as Lenin, Stalin, Khrushchev, said that eventually the character of man would be purged of greed. And you know what's ironic is the people that are supposedly doing this purging in the labor camps, like Stalin and Lenin and Khrushchev, and these type, they're, they're full of greed. They're, 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 they're the quintessential essence of evil and greed and wickedness, and yet they're trying to do something good for the, for the good of mankind, as though that's possible? How can a fountain yield both fresh and salt water, as the Bible says? Okay? A tree is known by his fruit, and these are evil trees. These are wicked vessels fitted for God's wrath. Okay? According to even Hebrews, where it talks about that. So, you know, you can't expect something good to come from that system <clears throat> if you have evil men ruling over it. Going back to this article, he said, uh, the character of man would be purged of greed and then the state would wither away because it no longer would be needed. Right. Uh, he says, we saw that in the, in the Soviet Union in China, right? Yet this Marxism nonsense is exactly what is offered in the video program. It is communism without actually using the name communism. The profit motive is neither good nor bad. It can be applied either way, depending on the social or political factors. The desire for profit is merely the the desire to be compensated for our labor, our creativity, our knowledge, and even our risk. Without profit, very little would actually get accomplished in the world. The profit motive functions differently in different political systems. In a free system where government does not intervene in the marketplace... The profit motive will always manifest itself as competition. Each person or each company trying to deliver better quality products, services at lower prices. That was how it used to be in the early days of America and is what in what was led to the greatest outpouring of productivity and abundance the world has ever seen. However, in a collectivist system where the government controls every conceivable aspect of the economical and commercial activity, and this is the system that is continually, increasingly existing in America, particularly when you have these bailouts where the government is buying up, you know, the stocks in the bank and, and, and these bailing out all these gigantic, massive corporations. Well, don't think the government's not going to buy all this stuff up and not expect anything in return. Okay, what they're going to expect in return is control. So again, this is what you have in fascism when the government starts to merge with the business sector. And again, we talked about that last week. Going back to this article, the profit motive always manifests itself as a quest for political influence in in this collectivist system, okay? Uh, Profit motive always manifests itself as a quest for political influence and laws to favor one group or another. The net effect is to eliminate competition in the marketplace, 
I mean, why do you think that all these big mega stores are taking over, like Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's, and they're pushing all the mom and pop stores out of out of business? Okay, I usually try, if I can, to support the smaller stores because I realize the ultimate goal of these big gigantic mega conglomerates is to stamp out everything else. So. Ultimately, you have to end up working for the big mega big brother stores or the mega big brother businesses, okay? It's not of God. So the net effect is to eliminate competition in the marketplace. Under collectivism, success is achieved not by creating better products and services for less cost, but by controlling legislators and government agencies. It is a system of legalized plunder. As Frederick Frederick Bassat called it in his famous treaty, The Law. Unfortunately, it is a system that dominates most of the world today. And again, it's increasingly dominating. And as we go into the one world government, one world political system, one world economic system, unfortunately, we're going to be seeing more and more and more of this. And this is why, in as much as possible, you know, to come out from among them and be separate, say it the Lord, you know, pray about it. Ask the Lord, you know, to, to, to remove you from the current and it may not, it's probably not going to happen overnight. I mean, it's not like you're going to pray this and one day you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to be free from all, you know, the government's trying to attach more and more tentacles to you so they have more and more control over you. So don't expect it to be some walk in the park. But, you know, the Lord can open the doors, no man can shut, and shut the doors, no man can open. So just don't ever think that God can be limited in what He could do in your respective situation. Okay? But you have to have the faith to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can do this. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So it makes it very important what word you're hearing. Okay? Because that's how you drive faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. Okay? So that's very important when in regard to prayer. You know? Because don't expect your prayers to get answered if you have no faith that they can be answered. Uh, now, I've done a whole study on that, Biblical Keys to Answered Prayer. If you ever want to just key that into the search box on my homepage, uh, Biblical Keys Prayer, it, you'll find it. <clears throat> Going further, the Zeitgeist Addendum ignores this reality. At one point, the narrator even says that the greatest evil in the world today is the free enterprise system. That is an incredible statement especially inasmuch as the free enterprise system has been dead for several decades, according to G. Edward Griffin. It lives in name only. The whole world now is in the grips of non-competitive monopolies and cartels that have forged partnerships with governments. All of these evils to which the program alludes to are the result, not of the free enterprise system, but the abandonment of the free enterprise and the adoption of collectivism. The program creates a mythological boogeyman and then advocates more of the very thing that has brought us to the mess we are in today. Again, the Bible says, Woe in them and call evil good and good evil. Jesus Christ was even a carpenter before he came out, you know, for the last three and a half years of his, of his ministry, okay? So, again, you know, this, this solution to this to the zeitgeist addendum is more of what's actually got us in the very situation that we're in. That's how deceitful this show actually is, this program. He goes on to say, the enemy of mankind is not profit, uh, is not profit, but in part it is the political system of the big government. Now again, the, the enemy of mankind, I, I always go to Ephesians 6. We battle not against flesh and blood. But against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness, powers, these types of things, the evil. Okay, so again, 
uh, Jerry Griffith doesn't come at this from a true born-again Christian standpoint, but he does make a lot of good points in regard to this issue. The enemy of mankind is not profit, but in part it is the political system of big government, yet this program is supportive of some of the most notable big government collectivists on the planet. Marxist-Leninist may be enemies of collectivists in Washington, D.C., but they are collectivists in their own right. The communist model is no better than the Nazi model. So in other words, there's different flavors of collectivism, of Marxism, and these types of things, of socialism, of communism. There's different flavors, different ways they disguise it, but it's still the same rotten root. There is much more that could be said about other programs, topics such as the technology supposedly being our salvation. And again, again, this heavily emphasized in Zeitgeist Addendum, the technology is our salvation. About the future world in which no one has to work, about the common ownership of lands, oceans, natural resources, but for the most part, these are merely sub-issues to the ones already described, so I will spare my readers the pain of further disclosure. In summary, this program does not offer a cure. It offers a mega-dose of the disease itself. I couldn't have ended it better. That's that's the solution, is a mega-dose of the very disease. It would be like a doctor coming to you and saying, yes... You've got cancer, and I have the cure. And, and him filling a syringe full of, of this cancer-causing compound and injecting it into you. And now you're even way worse off than you were than before. Now you're going to die even that much quicker. Okay, That's essentially you know, what we're dealing with here. Uh, the last article we're going to be quoting from is called Zeitgeist II. <clears throat> uh, Theosophy, Socialism and the New World Order. Now this gets into the more the religious aspects of it, which we touched upon in the first article we read from. This article starts out by saying, Timing is everything. On September 29th, the United States stock market crashed, falling 777 points. Just in time for the fallout, a worldwide financial collapse, the movie Zeitgeist Addendum was released. So again, this was released September 29th. This just happened. The film, right on cue explains the obvious, how a flawed financial system failed and how it exploited the hard work, savings, and investments of all those who lost their money in the system. It simultaneously heaps blame on the free markets and religion while calling for a global shift in consciousness. This new paradigm is, of course, an old paradigm. It is an open call for socialism. One need look no further than Karl Marx to see the parallels between the zeitgeist addendum's linking for a distaste in free markets and religion. This should set off some rather loud alarm bells in the minds of patriotic and freedom-loving Americans. Most of those that have been actively observing the global elite have likewise understood that a pre-planned financial crash has been in the works for some time. This has been pre-planned, this financial crash that we're, we're in, but it hasn't fully manifested at this point. Nicholas Sarkozy, the president of the European Union, says he wants a new global economic system to rise out of the ashes of this crash, like a phoenix, which is one of the birds they're all obsessed with, which is very occultic. Okay, He wants uh, the, this new global economic system to rise out of the ashes of the crash, which, in his own words, is expressed as a new world order. The Zeitgeist Addendum <clears throat> seems to ad- seems to further this cause for this new world order 
neo-socialist paradigm, with America politicians and representatives ignoring the masses and passing off the debt of banks onto the general public, one can see the seeds of the New World Socialism emerging right here in America. It's no coincidence that just as the New World Order begins implementing Marxist thought in so many free countries, the zeitgeist addendum shows up to incite the masses in a global call for Marxism. If one should prefer to save two hours and skip watching the zeitgeist addendum, its proposals are clearly spelled out in a relatively unknown book entitled The The Externalization of the Hierarchy, written by high-level occultist uh, Alice Bailey, who was a follower of Madame H.P. Blavatsky. She carried on her work in many ways. Actually, Bailey claimed to have channeled an ascended master known as the Tibetan, or Dijual Kool, Sound like a rap artist, Dijual Cool, like LL Cool J. Sorry. Anyway, um, this ascended master, who she channeled, uh, and she penned the book through through her. Okay, so again, this is very very common. Um, these ascended masters supposedly come down. They're nothing either but fallen angels or demons or devils, and they essentially possess these these occultists, and they ask to be possessed. And during these possession sessions. What many times happen is, is they will um, go into a trance. They will go into what they call automatic writing, where you know there's their their hands moving, but they're really not moving the hand. It's like they're on autopilot. Okay, this happens very, very many times. It happened to Aleister Crowley, happens to Alice Bailey, happens to people that a lot of these people that come up with these rock song lyrics. It's well known. Okay, if you if you research it. Okay, so Alice Bailey, um, he's saying that. If you if you just want to save two hours and skip watching the Zeitgeist addendum, its proposals are clearly spelled out in Alice Bailey's The Externalization of the Hierarchy, which was written and channeled by an ascended master. We've done several teachings on ascended masters, and you can key, do the keyword search in the search box on the homepage if you want to know more. I've talked about this Tibetan guy or Dijual Kool, um, and so Bailey, who was also the founder of the Theosophical Lucifer Trust. I mean, that's always a good, nice, clean name, you know, Lucifer Trust, which later changed to Lucius Trust because she didn't want to be quite so flagrant. That's why she changed it. But it was originally called Lucifer Trust, Theosophical, which is what H.P. Blavatsky started, the Theosophical Society. Please note that the solution to the faltering global economy offered in the Zeitgeist Addendum is the Venus Project. Now again, we talk about the Venus Project, and they're confirming that again here. Venus, also known as the morning star, actually, it's probably sun of the morning, but anyway, Venus, also known as the morning star, is synonymous with the term Lucifer. Now, we're going to get into that in a second, okay? I think they're a little bit off in their terminology there. Some of the highlights from Bailey's The Externalization of the Hierarchy include the following, quote, the problem of money will have to be faced. The problem, now remember, this is a high-level devil demon, fallen angel, whatever, ascended master, channeling through Alice Bailey in this particular book, and this book totally lines up with the zeitgeist addendum. Here's a quote from the book. The problem of money will have to be faced. The problem of the distribution of wealth, whether natural or human, will need careful handling and and compromise reached between those nations which possess unlimited resources and those who have few or none. 
The problem of varying forms of national government must be faced with courage and insight. The restoration, physiological, spiritual, and physical of mankind must constitute a primary responsibility. Yeah, I want I want these demonically possessed occultists and high-level, quote, ascended masters being the ones that are in charge of the restoration of the psychological, spiritual, and physical aspects of mankind. And it says that's going to be their primary responsibility. For those who have seen the Zeitgeist Addendum, this should sound familiar, <clears throat> as it is the basis for the entire film. Bailey's um, book that we just quoted from, Externalization of the Hierarchy, also includes specifics as to the nature of the New World Order, and the following are just some of the links between Alice Bailey's work and the Zeitgeist Addendum. Here's another quote. <clears throat> The New World Order will recognize that the produce of the world, the natural resources of the planet, and its riches belong to no one nation, but should be shared by all. There will be no nations under the category haves and others under the opposite category. The New World, which again, this is collectivism Marxism, okay? Uh, and again, this is like this global family community, where, where, but it's demonic, okay? It's not like the Bible, you know, you're going to be around biblically sharing and, and caring for one another's and these types of things. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like Big Brother, totally controlled. Uh, the New World Order, this is from the externalization of the hierarchy, they use the term the New World Order, and this book was written, you know, uh, 20s, 30s in that time frame. The New World Order will be founded on the recognition that all men are equal in origin and the goal that all are at differing stages of evolutionary development. See, that's why I've still got a tail. I, don't, I, I didn't say that before, but I've still got a tail from my monkey heritage. You know, I, I just don't like to say it too much in, in you know, public venues and stuff because, you know, I didn't want to give away that I'm, I'm the missing link, actually. I'm sorry, you know. So anyway, i just just teasing there. But anyway, yeah, this evolutionary development, and, and I, I just, I cannot help but be sarcastic when I hear this evolutionary thing and, and, and the whole thing with Darwinism. And <laughs> it's just, it takes a whole lot more faith to believe that we evolved from a rock because that's where they said we ultimately came from. We had the Big Bang, and then we had the primordial rain, raining on the rocks for millions and billions of years, or whatever. And out of the primordial soup, emerged a two-cell amoeba. Two-cell amoeba sprouted gills, finally got on land, Mr. Little Amphibian Boy, and then uh, turned into a monkey eventually, and then turned into us. Yeah, That takes a lot more faith to believe that than to believe Creator God, the Lord Jesus Christ, created everything, and He did it right the first time. Way more faith. Okay, but people will go to those links in order to try to placate their own conscience to think they're not going to have to answer to a holy God and that they're going to earn salvation and they're going to earn it on their terms and they're going to do it their way. Well, if they want to do it their way, God will let them do that. But they're only earning their way to hell. Okay, so that's how that's how it works. So if we go further, uh, here's another quote from the externalization of the hierarchy in the New World Order. Now remember, this was written, you know, a long time ago. But they have this clearly planned out. Long time this has been building. And a lot of what was behind this were these supposed ascended masters. Which we're really seeing the fruit of it today. And that's why I've emphasized them so much. Because these guys have gone nowhere. They're still channeling. They're still communicating. And they're the ones that are basically saying, we're going to be the ones that come down. And we're going to be the saviors of humanity. Most likely, this devil Betraya or Lord Betraya is going to be their leader. That's how this has been positioned. Now, I'm not going to be dogmatic. I think he's the most likely candidate for Antichrist. I've done several teachings on this. You can go look at. And before you judge the matter, 
you know, hear, because the Bible says, whoso judgeth the matter before he heareth it, it is a folly and a shame on him, Proverbs 18, verse 13. So you don't want to judge it until you've heard it. But um, uh, anyway, this article, this Alice Bailey writings, goes on to quote, and it says, In the New World Order, the governing body in any nation should be composed of those who work for the greatest good of the greatest number. What? You, what, you mean like Ted Turner working for the greatest good because he has the most money? So, like, what? So he can depopulate the world the quickest? That would be considered the greatest good. Because Mother Guy is grieved, has to be purged of her inhabitants, they have to be enslaved because they don't know any better, because we're the sheeple people. And, um, so people like Ted Turner, President Bush, Bill Gates, with their, their aggressive draconian agendas, they're, so they're, they're doing the greatest good to the greatest amount of people, either through legislation, either through monetary, either through mass vaccinations, whatever, whatever their agenda is, okay? They would be considered those ones doing the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Again, one of them they call evil good and good evil. That's exactly what they're doing. The New World Order will be, going back to this quote from Alice Bailey, externalization of the hierarchy, the New World Order will be founded on an active sense of responsibility. The rule will be all for one and one for all. Well, that's the three musketeers. Yeah, all for one and one for all. This attitude among the nations will will have to be developed. It is not yet present. <clears throat> Continuing, it says, in the preparatory period for the New World Order, where do you think that President Bush and all these other ones that have been quoting the New World Order over and over, where did this buzzword first come from? It came from the Ascended Masters that channeled through Alice Bailey and H.P. Blavatsky and Aleister Crowley. came through them. We didn't originate it. The devil did. So again, in the preparatory period for the New World Order, okay, that is not where we're at now. We're in the preparatory period. There will be a steady and regulated disarmament. Ah, that's key for them because they don't want anybody having any kind of anything that can, they can protect themselves. They want us all to be helpless sheep that are being led to the slaughter. Okay, it's they did the same thing in Nazi Germany. They do the same thing everywhere else. And I just got an article this week where they're gonna. Um, there's a sheriff that is in California, a woman sheriff in California. She likes to wear the pants, and. Uh, she is going right now, and, and she is revoking the concealed weapon permit, carry permits, uh, I think of pretty much everybody in her whole county. So anybody that has a concealed weapon permit, they're going to have to produce like this unbelievably uh, legal good reason if they want to carry. And, and most, the vast majority cannot do that, in her eyes at least. So this is already starting to happen here, in, even in America. It was, this was in the Orange County uh, Register, the newspaper. I've got the article I sent out in my newsletter. And if you want to get on my newsletter list, I have um, a Christian and a health-oriented email list I send out to um, you know, maybe one email a day, one email every other day. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. It depends. Uh, it's a tremendous amount of work to, to get compile all this information, but a lot of it is very much regarding the end times that we're moving into. And uh, just email me. My email address is on my homepage. And tell me what list you would like to be on, both or one or the other. And uh, I would advise getting on the health as well because 
a lot of what I get into on that health list applies to the end time coming plagues. And if you're not on that list, you're not going to be made aware of, of some of the stuff that's going down. <clears throat> so if we go further, uh, then it says, in the preparatory period for the New World Order, there will be a steady and regulated disarmament. And then it says, it will not be optional. Why? Because we have to have the peace and utopia. And if we just take the mean battle guns away and the mean old money away, everything will just be perfect in our new utopia. No, you're just going to have a lot of disarmed sheeple people that are at the total absolute mercy of the most wicked evil people that the world has ever conceived that are all demon-possessed. That's the, that's the scenario. Okay, that's what they want. Obviously, you know. And then it says, no nation will be permitted to produce or organize any equipment for destructive purposes or to fringe, infringe on the security of any other nation. This is a bunch of garbage, okay? Because we know in the Battle of Armageddon, you know, you got the hundred million man army or whatever coming against Jesus Christ. You know that the world is not going to be disarmed. You know that weapons aren't going to be done away with. If anything, what they're saying is they just want to disarm the populace so that they're totally helpless and all of this weaponry is going to be in the hands of the military of the respective countries. That's what they want. This is just a bunch of lies. Remember, Satan is the father of lies, and of his works, his followers will do. Alice Bailey was an avid follower of Lucifer, Satan, whatever you want to call him. And she's just of her father the devil, and of his works she will do. She's a liar, just like her father the devil. So if we go further... One of the first tasks of any future peace conference will be to regulate this matter and gradually see to the disarming of the nations. Now again, remember, this was written a long time ago. Uh, The next quote, These are simple and general premises upon which the new world order must begin its work. These preliminary stages must be kept fluid and experimental. The vision of possibility must never be lost, and the foundations must be preserved inviolate. But the indeterminate processes and experimentations must be cared for by men who having the best interests of the whole at heart. No, they have the best interests of their own wicked self at heart. That the, that um, These must be cared for by men who having the best interests of the whole at heart can change the detail of organization whilst preserving the life of the organism. That was a bunch of New Age mumbo-jumbo there. So going back to the article, it says, One should first take into consideration the many similarities between Alice Bailey and the Marxist propaganda espoused in the Zeitgeist Addendum. It is much simpler task to view the film's open call for a global socialism as one in the same as the New World Theosophical Religions and the social order being so aptly adhered to by the high-level occultists that are in fact the global elite. So, in, in other words, regarding this last uh, quote from the article, there's many similarities between ba- Alice Bailey's and the Marxist propaganda spouse in the Zeitgeist Addendum. Again, you've got two totally wicked um, theories and premises and these types of things being espoused in the Zeitgeist Addendum. And again, it's an open call for global socialism or communism. And it's the same as, as what the New World Order, Theosophical Religions and Social Orders are calling for. And, and this, again, are what the globalist elite are calling for, because they themselves are high-level occultists. In doing so, the following in- information should come as no shock and simply further proof of collusion between the su- two seemingly opposite 
groups. As you can see, there are no more opposite than the Republican and Democrat. Outwardly so, yes, but certainly behind the scenes, both are controlled by the same invisible wicked hand. The Venus Project, here we go again with the Venus Project, which has already which already has its name been linked to Lucifer, is obviously a socialist movement founded by Jacques Fresco. Now, he's the guy that made this little 25-acre community out in um, out in Venus, Florida, near where I live. And this Jacques Fresco, I mean, they even show, you can go up there and look at the actual, many of the buildings on this 25-acre parcel. And he's in a lot of the pictures. In fact, they've got all kind of, of photos from him. I don't know whether he went to one of those photo places. It looks like he's got like one with his hat on and one from a different angle and one without his hat on and I'm thinking my word this guy's got no shortage of ego I mean you know he's got all these pictures of himself up there uh, amidst you know the the houses and stuff like that that are on the land but anyway upon first glance it may appear similar to one of the multitude of ill-fated hippie communes of the 1960s. It kind of does give you that, when you look at these buildings in this community, it does kind of look like retro 60s, you know? Like, even the furniture, like kind of like Buck Rogers 1960s. Um, but upon further study, it is too rooted in the same New World Order occult theosophical belief structure. One of the basic premises of the Venus Project is that we work toward having all the Earth's resources as a common heritage of all the world's peoples. Anything less will simply result in a continuation of the same catalog of problems inherent in the present system. This is exactly what Bailey wrote of in The Externalization of the Hierarchy. The links between the Venus Project and the essence of the secret societies does, however, run even deeper than the call for a communistic sharing of world's resources. Because that's a big premise of communism. And look how well communism has worked. You know, 33rd degree Mason and author Manley P. Hall, which we mentioned earlier, said of America's link to this new Atlantis that the new Atlantis sets forth an ideal government of the earth. It foretells of the day when in the midst of men there shall rise up a vast institution composed of philosophic elect, an order of illumined men, banded together for the purpose of investigating the laws of life and the mysteries of the universe. The age of boundaries is closing, and we are approaching a nobler era, when the nation shall be no more, when the lines of race and caste shall be wiped out, when the whole earth shall be under one order, one government, one administrative body. End of quote. And that was by Manly P. Hall, Lectures on the Ancient Philosophy um, in 1970. So again, the Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools in Romans 1. So this is what I, I thought about as I read these philosophic, wise, illumined men. Illumined by the light bearer, Lucifer, is what they're in reference to. Okay, so again, this is wickedness of the highest order. Uh, Manly P. Hall, alongside of Rosicrucians like Francis Bacon, again, we mentioned him earlier, uh, he was the guy who invented bacon, I don't know if you knew that. Oh, sorry, just kidding. Sorry. Anyway, uh, clearly defined, Francis Bacon clearly defined the New World Order's drive to recreate Atlantis, and this theme clearly resurfaces in Fresco's architecture. Now, this is this uh, Jacques Fresco, this is the guy that... that made the city out in Venus, Florida. He's the guy that's behind the Venus Project. Uh, but 
this theme of Atlantis, which you see that theme a lot in a lot of shows today. There's like Stargate Atlantis, that one show, and there's all these shows talking about Atlantis and that we want to get back to Atlantis and, and these types of things. Most likely Atlantis was around in Noah's day in Genesis 6 when we had the fallen angels coming down, procreating with women, creating the, the race of giants and the men of renown, the, the men of old, according to Genesis 6. This was most likely when Genesis or, or when this Atlantis was in existence, okay? Because I had to live somewhere, and this would have been, you know, where we get a lot of these legends. And if Atlantis was flooded, it was flooded during the great flood of Genesis 6, and, you know, so on. Again, that's a whole other rabbit trail to go down. But um, this is one of the central themes of, of this Jacques Fresco, in his architecture, specifically in his what they call circular city. Now, if you go up to this Venus Project website that I mentioned before, um, you'll see the venusproject.com, www.thevenusproject.com, you'll see all these different futuristic pictures. I mean, I'm not, cannot possibly do it justice. You know, these pictures that they've created. And, um, the, cir the circular city image is one of the notably comparable to the artistic versions of Atlantis based upon Plato's description of the sunken city. Okay, so Plato, the philosopher, or whatever, he had a envisioned Atlantis, and uh, his city that he is, is envisioned, they showed, they showed the two pictures, and they're remarkably similar. Another warning sign of, of Fresco's New World Order mentality is his desire to see technology steering mankind's destiny. Technology being the savior, okay? But this really gets macabre because he's actually going to—they're actually going to uh, incorporate technology into humanity. Okay, I'll get into that in a second. Going back to this, it says many patriots shiver at the idea of bio. Biometric identification, specifically the idea of implantable microchips that could be used to track and control human beings in ways of up until only recently only the Bible envisioned. Fresco's vision of the hum future humanity goes well beyond that of a simple microchip implant. He foresees humanity needing to merge with machine or risk de evolution. Oh, so we're going to de evolve. Okay, if we don't. Mix technology and machine with man. Not only that, but there's a gigantic push now today to corrupt every single type of seed on the planet. Now, I did a whole teaching on cloning that you might want to listen to uh, in regard to the corrupting of the seed. And this is the main reason that I believe the fallen angels came down is to corrupt the seed of humanity until the point where there was only eight people left on the planet as far as the seed weren't corrupt. That's why God had to wipe out every single thing that breathed. They had even corrupted the animals. They had corrupted everything, these fallen angels, because they were pure wickedness. When they fell from their first estate, as the Bible talked about, they became purely wicked. Okay, And their offspring were purely wicked. And this is why the world got to be to a place where God had to wipe everything out with a flood. Okay, It wasn't that he took pleasure in destroying all these people off the planet, but the seed had been corrupted. And that's a very, very common um, theme you'll see in the Bible. That Satan's always trying to corrupt the seeds. So they're doing a lot of stuff now in laboratories where they're combining you know, uh, 
pigs and human genes, cow and human, all the stuff that they're actually absolutely totally admitting to. Now, if they're admitting to it, who knows what they're doing behind closed doors? But they're corrupting the seeds um, of of plants as well. I've even that one time I had talked about where they were co- uh, they were combining rice and human DNA. Can you imagine? And, and I mean, all these things that they're doing, Monsanto is probably at the forefront of it, and they're, they're just as wicked as you could possibly get. And they're trying to get monopolies on all the seeds. They're trying to get, um, they're trying to corrupt the genes of the animals. They're trying to uh, corrupt human genes because they realize if they can corrupt the seed, that humanity will continue to degrade and the world will continue to degrade at an accelerated pace. Here's another quote. <clears throat> this is from. This Jacques Fresco, the guy that started the Venus Project, uh, evidently, he says, when the biological technology becomes further advanced, biological technology, this is technology being imposed into biology, like human beings and uh, animals and things of this nature. When biological technology becomes further advanced, human beings, as we know them, will become a modified species. Again, this is the exact thing that was happening during Noah's day. Okay, they had come out, they had these these Nephilim giants, the fallen ones, the men of old, the men of renown. They were a modified species, if you think about it. it, says it uh, then it says, if we as humans beings fail to include the possibility of this development in our overall social evolution, we will witness the decline of our species. Right. The world according to Jacques Fresco. One more liar for the pit of hell. Okay? Now, I'm sure, though, that the fallen angels will help out mankind with this problem that Jacques Fresco just said. Just like they did in Noah's day. And it's kind of funny because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So the same stuff that was going on in Noah's day, we should be expecting to see, well, Noah, it just says the Bible, they were given in marriage and they were marrying and they were, you know, doing, you know what? We have to look at what was really going on in Noah's day. And if you could take a news reporter crew back to Genesis 6, and they could come back with the top story of Genesis 6, I guarantee you, it would be that the fallen angels had come down, procreated with the women, and they had made a, a race of giants, Nephilim, fallen ones, that had essentially taken over the planet and corrupted the seed to the point where God had to wipe it out with a flood. I guarantee you that would have been the main story from Noah's day. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So it's just being done more covertly today. Okay, there's going to come a point, though, when I really believe that this is going to be very, very flagrant. When the ascended masters actually make their public proclamation. When the Antichrist comes to the forefront. When chaos and plagues and pestilences erupt and people are ripe and ready for any type of thing to grab onto. For any type of savior. They're going to be willing to receive anything. And these these entities are going to come to the forefront. And this is part of the strong delusion that 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about. And they're going to deceive humanity on a scale of which we've never known. And I guarantee you, they were deceiving humanity during Noah's day. I mean, there was only eight people that were saved on the flood. You think people were deceived? So anyway, if we go further, uh, back to this article, these are not mere coincidences, but seemingly revolutionary in thought. Fresco and his school of thought are espoused by the zeitgeist vision of rebellion against the system, are part and parcel of the same social upheaval being called for. Not by humanitarians, but by those that have been planning for the New World Order from its earliest stages. And again, we quote from Alice Bailey, Crowley, 
Blavatsky, and they were all working with with ascended masters at one level or another. Okay, and these same ascended masters are still around deceiving today, but their agenda is a lot more close to being coming to fruition. Going further, it says it should be noted that the Zeitgeist addendum begins and ends with speaking from Krishnamurti who was raised from boyhood by the Theosophical Society of Madame Blavatsky to be a world teacher. Even though he broke from the group after declining to be the Messiah, he maintained a friendly relationship by most accounts. This is, an, this is not unlike others within the truth movement, such as Michael Tazarian, who openly admits he was from an early age taught by the Theosophists, and if, if not raised by them totally. This peculiar affinity with the occult is nothing out of the ordinary with the Zeitgeist. Part one of the initial Zeitgeist film was based on the work of a man that loved theosophy so much he apparently named himself Jordan Maxwell after Helena Blavatsky's Jordanius Maximus. Uh, and this is Jordan Maxwell. Now he's got a link in here, the debunking of Jordan Maxwell. Go up on YouTube and just put in uh, debunk George Maxwell. A lot of people follow this guy like he's a good... Some people think he's a Christian. And again, you're going to get a lot of half-truths from George Maxwell. I'm not saying that, you, that he's everything he says is lie, but let me tell you something. When it comes to Jesus Christ, you need to see what he says about Jesus Christ. And it's all documented. This documentary up on, on YouTube... It shows it coming out of the guy's own mouth, okay? I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not railing against on somebody. I'm spreading some rumor. This is straight from the horse's mouth. And this guy says the most blasphemous things about Jesus Christ that I've just about ever seen. So again, don't follow George Maxwell. You would have to be a very extremely mature Christian, well-versed in a lot of things, to go up and, before I would even recommend you glean from the guy, Okay, so before discounting the political power of theosophy and its desire to infiltrate the truth seekers, you need to understand its concepts of seed groups. These groups were sent forth to work in stealth and so as to be nurtured without competition from those that would see them for what they truly are. When one wonders how or why anyone offering truth about the occult could in fact be part of the New World Order, they, look, they need to look no further than Alice Bailey. One of the most specific goals of the Theosophist, as dictated in the externalization of the hierarchy, which is the book that was channeled through Alice Bailey by the Tibetan Ascended Master, uh, this quote says, The education of the advanced thinkers, of the aspirants of the world disciples in applied knowledge, expressed wisdom, and occult understanding. This group synthesizes all that is available in all the other true groups, and thus forms the nucleus of what she refers to as the Kingdom of God. Capital K, capital G. Now, the Bible talks a lot about the kingdom of God. Okay? But they, they've, Satan's got his counterfeit kingdom of God. Uh, and then it says, of the fifth kingdom, which is so rapidly coming into being. Now, a lot of these ascended masters and these channelers are saying that the earth, they call it earth Shan. Sounds real official. earth Shan is going to go into what they call, I believe, like the fifth dimension or its fifth whatever and uh, this is going to be why there's going to be a lot of natural disasters because it's like the the birthing pains or whatever for that. So a lot of that lines up with what I've read by other New Agers. Uh, then it goes on to say, according to Theosophy, starting with its founder, Blavatsky, God is really Lucifer. This Luciferian theology is not Christian doctrine. This is a quote from Blavatsky in The Secret Doctrine. She says, this is unbelievable, I mean, talk about flagrant. <clears throat> the devil is now called darkness in the church. 
Whereas in the Bible, he is called the Son of God. Oh, I must have missed that verse. This is the world according to, to demon-possessed H.P. Blavatsky, who is burning in hell for eternity right now. And she's got a lot of people burning in hell because of she influenced a lot of people in that direction. I really wouldn't want to be in her shoes. I ain't saying I'm perfect, but I. this is one wicked lady. Never seen pictures of her. I mean, man. So anyway, she says the Bible uh, calls the devil the son of God. The bright star of the early morning. Okay, now let's just let's just stop this right now. Let's go to Isaiah 14, 12, because I, I know this is just an, a cleverly concealed lie that we need to address. Isaiah 14, 12, okay, which is considered the biography of Lucifer. Okay, Isaiah 14, 12, in the King James Bible reads, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down, which didst weaken the nations. Okay? Now, she says that Lucifer is called the Son of God. Nowhere is he called the Son of God, number one in the Bible. And then it says the bright star of the early morning. Now, if you have an NIV Bible, it will say, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, morning star? Now, if you have an NIV reference Bible, that will take you to the reference over in Revelation where they refer to Jesus Christ as the bright and morning star. So if you have an NIV Bible, you can easily get confused thinking, well, is this talking about Lucifer or is it talking about Jesus Christ? Or maybe they're one and the same, like a lot of cults say. Or maybe they're brothers or whatever, like some cults say. So again, this is very important you have the right Bible because the King James Bible calls him the sun of the morning, not the bright morning star or morning star which is what Blavatsky asserts here. And again, she's very subtle, like her father the devil. Remember, the serpent was the most subtle beast of the field as he approached Eve. Okay, He was good at what he did. He was subtle. So, so is Blavatsky, because she's of her father the devil. So again, let me read this. The devil is now called darkness in the church, whereas the Bible, he is called the son of God. Lie number one. Uh, number two, lie number two, the bright morning, bright star of the early morning. He was never called that. In the King James Bible, he was called Son of the Morning, not bright, bright morning, not bright star of the early morning. Uh, and then it says Lucifer. Now, yes, Lucifer means light bearer. These types of things, okay. But again, you have to have your terminology absolutely correct. And the only way to do this is have the right Bible. There is, and this is quoting from Blavatsky. There is a whole philosophy of dogmatic craft in the reason of why the first archangel who sprang from the depths of chaos was called Lux Lucifer. Number one, there's the, there's the third lie. Lucifer wasn't an archangel. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. Says it. Okay, in Ezekiel. So, I mean, he wasn't... A cherub is different than an archangel, okay? It's a different... There's seraphim, there's cherubim, there's archangels, there's angels, there's different hierarchies and ranks and these types of things. But Lucifer... Um, so that was the third lie there. So he was called Lux Lucifer, the luminous son of the morning. Okay. Well, yes, it does say son of the morning here, but you're trying to make the you're trying to make the leap of logic to equate the son of the morning with the bright star, bright morning star. You can't do that. They're two totally separate things. But again, she's very good at what she does, this devil. And then it says, um, he was transformed by the church into Lucifer or Satan, because he is higher and older than Jehovah. What a lie from the pit of hell that is. The Bible says in John 1, all things were made by him, meaning Jesus Christ, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ, all things were made by him. He is the creator. Okay, so 
this lie is saying that that um, Lucifer is higher and older than Jehovah. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And then he said, and had to be sacrificed to the new dogma. Oh boy. This is how demonically possessed and deceived Blavatsky was. Going further, the zeitgeist addendum held over one theme from its predecessor, that Jesus was and is just another name for all the other gods of antiquity. Another lie. And again, we really address that in the first teaching, where, where they tried to get into to discrediting Jesus Christ and, and lumping him in with all of the other pagan deities and saying there's all these parallels and things of this nature. Uh, I believe we've totally debunked that. And there's a lot of other sites that have went much further in debunking that whole thing. We'll talk about that in a second. Unfortunately, in Zeitgeist's extensive reference material webpage and or reference book, there is nothing that specifically backs up these claims. Again, what it boils down to is just demonic opinion and lies. If you can prove the claims of the part one Zeitgeist, uh, by all means, follow the links and you can win yourself some money. And they, she gives, they give two links here. Um, www.kingdavid8.com Copycat Challenge is what it's called, and then the zeitgeistchallenge.com. Okay? Nobody's been able to collect the money because it's a bunch of nonsense and lies. Going further, it says the key to understanding why the New World Order has chosen to expose itself lies in Bailey's externalization of the hierarchy. The New World Order must be appropriate to a world which has passed through a destructive crisis and to a humanity which is badly shattered by the experience. See, again, I said all of the stuff that I said today, and a lot of the stuff I've said in my previous teachings, to say this, the New World Order must be appropriate to a world which has passed through a destructive crisis, and to a humanity which is badly shattered by experience. We haven't even seen anything yet. I hate to say it. But I believe what's coming is going to be far worse as far as from a physical standpoint than anything we've experienced now with the economy or with, uh, with uh, terrorism or possibly with plagues or pandemics. We really haven't experienced a whole lot at this point. If the New World Order can be ushered in through controlled chaos, they can have the, the desired effect that they want. And remember, God's permitting this to happen, okay? So again, this is why it's good to prepare ourselves. But it's the plan to have this destructive crisis to shatter people, to, to shatter humanity because they're going to be so desperate. They're going to be so desperate for a Savior. Any way out, they're going to embrace what's coming, even though it's going to be... Really, really heavy duty. The new world order must lay a foundation for a future world order which will be possible only after a time of recovery and reconstruction and rebuilding. Okay, again, remember, I just quoted that from Alice Bailey's externalization of the hierarchy. That was a quote. Okay, and I agree with her quote because, uh, granted, I know that, that she's a liar, but I do believe the new world order is going to pass, is going to come through a destructive crisis to badly shatter humanity so that they'll be willing to accept anything. And I've said that a lot in previous teachings. And then it says, you know about the Bohemian Grove, you know about the signs and symbols that prove the elitists are working toward a new world order, are part of the Luciferian death cult. Now you need to ask yourself why those working to expose the new world order are also linked to the same Luciferian and occult beliefs. The current world order seems to have emerged to play the scapegoat for the order that will follow it. The second world order is the Theosophist kingdom of God. Blavatsky told us who their God is. It is Lucifer. 
And how and what better way to have a Luciferian Antichrist arrive on the scene to be taken seriously by all as he crushes the old world order, seemingly rescuing all of humanity from the clutches of its tyranny. I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to play out. And these ascended masters and these types of people are going to be at the forefront of presenting this alternate thing, you know, they're going to come back as, the, the, like I said, the ancient astronaut theory. They're going to come here saying, you know, listen, we created you millions of years ago. Through the evolutionary process, you've evolved into what you are. You were our little science project. Just like the last scene, the mission of Mars. This is the greatest propaganda scene I've ever seen in my life. Where it, where it basically says the aliens created us millions of years ago, seeded our planet Earth, and now they've come back to the police, their little science project. Okay, just go up to YouTube and key in "Mission from Mars" uh, last scene, and you'll see it. And it's unbelievable. I mean, we're talking millions of dollars it must have cost to make that movie, but that's probably the greatest propaganda scene I've ever witnessed. This is the way it's going to play out. And unfortunately, there's very few pastors that know about this, um, and they're not warning their people. Okay, not all. I know there are some that are. Okay, or even if they're directing them to some of what I'm talking about here today. It's not that I have an agenda I'm trying to push. I just want to get out the truth because it's so obvious. If you look at the body of what we've went over in the last 210 plus teachings, everything confirms what we're talking about today. It's crystal clear. Now, exactly how it's going to play out, I can't be dogmatic and say, yes, on June, I will not date set. I won't do that because the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. If they had their way, if the New World Order boys had their way, we would have been all under this in 1984, according to George Orwell, that type of thing. But God has continually foiled their plans and pushed this thing back to show them to be the liars that they are. It's amazing, all these ascended masters that have all this power. They were saying, oh, there's going to be like this big mass UFO sighting on October 15th and there was all these channelings. And guess what? It doesn't happen. Do you know how many failed prophecies I've seen of supposedly people that channel these ascended masters? And you would think if they were this all-powerful and if they had these big spaceships and if they were this and that... Why isn't what they're saying coming to pass if they're so... Because the Lord Jesus Christ is still on the throne. He still has preeminence. He has power. And that will never change. Okay? They are subject to Him. And He can use them as in any way that, that He sees fit. So, that's, that's the end of the uh, study for today. Hopefully we've done this uh, just, just to touch upon this subject. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. I praise you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. I do pray, God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed, God, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, that we would forgive those who have sinned against us, that we would have mercy upon those, Lord God, that we might obtain mercy from thee. I pray, God, that your truth would go forth wherever it is being preached or put out worldwide, that you would bless it, that every devil, demon, fallen angel, or evil entity that would try to hinder this prayer in any way, shape, or form would be bound up and rebuked and thrown in the abyss according to thy will in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, that you would save our unsaved family members. And Lord God, that your fear would be upon the unsaved and even upon the body of Christ, that you would open our eyes to truth in the name of Jesus Christ and that your name would be glorified and that many would be saved as a result of what you're going to do through the body of Christ, that you would protect the widows and the meek, and the weak, and the orphans, and the unborn babies in the womb, and the, and the little ones, Lord, that your protective hand would be upon them, that your angels would encamp around about them, that the blood of Jesus Christ would be over them, and Lord, that it would just protect them. And we love you, Lord. We, we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen.